You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Today's episode of Something to Talk About is called Teach Us to Pray. We're going off of the sermon that was last Sunday, so if you haven't listened to that yet, be sure to go back and do that. Uh, I apologize in advance, and I'll keep this quick, because nobody wants to hear my NPR-style man voice. You'll hear plenty of that throughout this podcast episode anyway. But I do hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed this discussion. It it cleared up some things for me. I hope it clears up some things that you might have been thinking or wondering along the way. So without further ado, here is Teach Us to Pray. So welcome to Something Real, Something to Talk About, Teach Us to Pray. That's what we're uh, discussing today, uh, going over in, I guess, a deeper discussion on what we talked about on Sunday during the sermon. So if you haven't listened to that yet, it's available. Go listen to it. It'll make this, this whole thing will make a lot more sense. I actually just listened to it myself yesterday, which is, it's very weird, you know, at first listening listening to to yourself preach, but the... um, the reason <laughs> I, I used to really be kind of weird about that and did not want to listen to it because it felt like, well, why would I listen to myself preach? But, preach, but it's not um, so much listening to to me preach as to listening to the word that's being preached. And right. So I need to preach to myself uh, more than I need to preach to anybody else. Checking out messages. Yep. Okay, so. Aaron said happy birthday to me. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday to Stacy. Um, and as you know as we're working through this it, it just i kept listening to it thinking man you know i can get caught up in these same misconceptions about prayer right um even though i know better i still will end up thinking well i you know i subconsciously maybe maybe it's not always a fully formed thought but you know i have to make sure I say things a certain way. And I, I find myself at times, even in the middle of a prayer, stopping and kind of apologizing to the Lord for turning it into something that it isn't. And that song that we sang two weeks ago, Heart of Worship, uh, Matt Redmond's song, that keeps coming back to me over and over again, that, man, I, I've turned this act of prayer into something that it isn't so often. Right. You know, as we're trying to um, trying to communicate with God, we're we're so prone to performing to this performance mentality and we do it for one another we you know well i think that's the thing we're so used to doing it with other people yeah that it's just second nature almost that we feel like we have to do it with god like we could fool him you know right (laughs) yeah you know and as as we're looking at, at relationships in general and i think i said this to your mom in a message recently we were talking about some things Hey Debbie, um, that this there there's if I didn't I was thinking about her as I was saying it. But we're, we're there are so many things that we do or don't do in prayer that um, we become self conscious about. Even like you know sharing things in prayer, we don't want to burden our friends. Right. Uh, oh, she had had shared a post that uh, our local parable Christian store had mm. had put out <clears throat> um, talking about. I believe she shared that with me as well. <laughs> well, well it, it's 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 a great post talking about this idea of, of sharing our burdens, and I I won't try to quote it because I won't get it right, but but we're so self conscious a lot of the time trying to not burden people with right. with whatever we're going through, but you know 
I don't do that with my wife or my kids, or, you know, or, or kids don't do that with their fathers. You know, when, when we're in a normal, healthy state of relationship, these things just come out. You know, we just right. we walk together through life and we share but our burdens that way. That's worldly, not normal, I guess. That we want it. I think there's two sides to it. One, we tend to keep things hidden, right. and and we don't necessarily want all of our junk out there. And two, even if you're in the the, the comfort and the uh, the relationship of a church family, it still can feel a little strained. Like a, I don't know if I want all my stuff out there, and b, like that, like that, like that uh, statement says. I don't want, there's so much going on and everybody has their own problems. I don't want to put my problems out there. I've felt that all the time that, oh my gosh, this person is going through this, this person's going through this right. and my stuff is just so piddly <clears throat> compared to that. So I don't even want to put it out there. But even when we do that, it's compared to that. Right. So we're falling into a performance trap, really. I'm sorry, that, I keep sniffling. That, really cold. <laughs> you know, that totally sounds great. As we're wrestling with it, you know, we don't want to burden somebody else. We don't, you know, want to, right. you know, my thing is small, but it's really not about us. It's not right. about our thing. It's about doing life together and surrendering all of that, that to the Lord together. Right. And all of the, the hiding and protecting and, you know, self-consciousness, that didn't even exist until the fall. Right. So in, in Eden, Adam and Eve aren't worrying about whether they're burdening one another. Right. right. You're just going through life together. Right with intimacy and when that starts to go away is when sin enters the picture so when we see that sort of thing in the church in ourselves um, it's a reminder that we still we live in a sinful world and our even our own best motives are still corrupted by sin that Mm -hmm. that idea uh, that the reformers talked about of total depravity that our intellect our our consciousness our unconsciousness all of it is stained and corrupted by sin, not that we're all as depraved as we could be, but right. every part of us is impacted by that, and there's no part of human existence that hasn't been uh, corrupted by sin. And so uh, that happens even in our prayer lives when we become self-conscious. And I guess that's one of the things that that um, that I wrestle with a lot of times, even in personal prayer, becoming self-conscious. I'm aware, too aware of the prayer itself. Right. Rather than just uh, and being the in an intimate state with right. with the Father. So. Well, that's uh, I guess I kind of skipped this. I guess that's a good segue into what we actually talked about on Sunday. And in this section of Luke, Jesus essentially teaches us how to pray and what to say. So um, I think uh, I I do want to talk about how we can how we do kind of take that prayer and and maybe i don't want to say skew it that's not the right word but get into the formality of it and Mm. just like if we say this prayer that's what we have to do and you know we've all memorized the lord's prayer and things like that but it's not necessarily about that is it no i'd say it's specifically the opposite of that you know and and as you look at here and and it's also recorded for us uh in matthew 6 more detailed right uh, yeah a little little longer form of it same elements same concept and both coming well, this coming specifically from the question, uh, and and in Matthew six, kind of in the context of um, of the inner workings mm-hmm. of ourselves and not doing things for other people to see it, um, as well as not worrying. So he goes directly from prayer into uh, you know setting your 
treasure, storing your treasures in heaven and not right. worrying about tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. So um, as we're doing this, both of these prayers are very concise. They're very short. And we think of them sometimes as formalized, uh, largely because we learned it in the King James. You know, we, you know, we, we have these older mentalities, so right. we think of... We think of this in a church setting. Well, they're not in a church setting. Right. This isn't happening in a synagogue. And like you said the other this day, is... there's almost like a cadence to it that we can right. Do. And the King James deliberately was written with right. a cadence, you know, in that translation. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that in itself. The problem becomes when it takes us back to exactly what Jesus is saying to get away from in Matthew. Right. Don't do this like the Pharisees, so everybody can see how holy you are. And in Luke 18, you know, he'll uh, look again at, at we see the difference the contrast between uh, this Pharisee who prays oh Lord you know I'm so thankful for how you've made me better than other people <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's not a very good paraphrase there but but you know this this idea of I'm so sorry I messed with your mic with Jeez, your it's okay. uh, headphones I fixed it. Um, I'm very handy as as we look at that idea that's where we we kind of get caught up so then we start to do things as a performance we do it so other people right. can hear us so we can and and that doesn't mean that public prayer is bad it doesn't mean that that reciting the lord's prayer is bad it doesn't mean that reciting the lord's prayer together is bad when it becomes bad is when it becomes show when it becomes right. about that and the exact same thing the exact same pride comes into it when we are concerned about not sharing our prayer or not praying a lot when we right. start to to think, well, I'm not very good at praying aloud. And, and, you know, the majority of adults that I have met who didn't grow up in a setting where they were praying aloud in, in front of other people um, wrestle with, boy, I, I'm not as good a prayer as so-and-so. I, I don't pray aloud. I'm not good at that. I don't, I don't know what to say. The fact that we care about it is going back to that right. sinful setting of Genesis 3. And I'm guilty of that, too. And a lot of us are. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I had to... Um, Twice I got to pray at the state capitol in Michigan, and uh, once in front of the House and, and once uh, before the Senate. And uh, that was a real struggle for me because you got to write it out and right. you have to, you know, like you to submit it and so on. Mm. And so I'm doing this, this prayer that I have pre-written and mm-hmm. thought through and worked through, and that's totally outside of my personal right. background right. growing up in right. a Baptistic setting where... where um, we, our our nature, our not our nature, but our culture was much more of a spontaneous prayer, um, not uh, scripted at all. <clears throat> it was very awkward for me to be able to do that and still engage with it, in sure, God, yeah. with and and to remind myself right. this isn't for a somebody else, right. right? Yeah, and and it is. I mean, it's one of those things where it is for somebody else because just like this conversation is for both of us. I'm not performing for you. I'm not performing for anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching this live stream. Uh, we're just having a conversation. Right. But it's for the benefit of all of us as we right. do it. Same thing with We also prayer. didn't script it out, obviously. For sure. <laughs> the home of professional podcasting. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. But as we're doing it, you know, whether we're um, spontaneously praying uh, in public or we're... Um, reading a prayer or, or, or praying through the scriptures, it's not, um, 
it's for those around us in that they are participating with us in it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a performance for them. It's not to impress them. And God is not impressed. What, what can I say to impress God? Word. Um, so as we're doing this, it really comes back to all of it. And that's the focus of what Jesus is saying in, in the text. It, just like we saw in our in our sermon yesterday, is that the whole thing rests on relationship, not right. on ritual. Right. It's not about praying with the right spiritual words right. or saying the right things. God already knows our hearts. Right. So whatever's in my heart, before I ever say it to the Lord, he already knows. Right. If my motives are wrong, I can't hide my motives by trying right. to make it sound better. Right. It, it is what it is, which is also why it's foolish for us not to pray about whatever those desires are on our hearts, which com- brings us to some of the questions that we might face. Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, one, I know uh, when you're... One question I had, um, so let's start with that. Uh, it's all about you. It is your birthday. It so is. Happy birthday. Thank happy you. 31. Three and two. One. Oh, yeah, that's right. Whoa. You won't make it to 32 is what you said. Right. That's why I was confused when you said that earlier. It threw me off. My mom thinks I won't because I drink too much Diet Pepsi. <laughs> well, you got to keep your body confused about the caffeine intake. <laughs> I'm probably pickling things. But anyway... Um, it's the diet. you got to drink regular Pepsi as yeah. God intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, this is kind of going off of what you just were talking about, so yay. Um, the, the idea of prayer itself, I think, is so broad, and we could probably have 10,000 podcasts just about it, or 10,000 sermons just about it, but when you, when you grasp the concept that when I'm sitting down to pray or, or I'm on my knees to pray or I'm just driving my car and praying, God already knows what's on my mind, what's in my heart. And I've always wondered then, is it <laughs> the formalities of prayer have, have sometimes I'm sorry, I me. can't get the concept of dashboard confessional out of my my I used to love that. So, dashboard confessional. That, I don't know if I've ever I grew up, listened. I was the, a high schooler in the early 2000s. I loved dashboard confessional. It was confessional. just a, a name that always impacted me. I had a huge crush on him. Thing. Anyway, um, I'm sure you had a huge crush can't, on him too. I can't relate. Um, Couldn't pick him out of a crowd. I just, no, that's when, be when you were head. talking about driving and praying, that, that just, that's what came You best believe I'm going to be listening to that today. Um, anyway. As long as you're praying. Yes. <laughs> Probably should be listening to that. Um, I, I guess when we grasp the concept that, that God already knows what's going on before you utter a word, then I've always wondered, because sometimes I find myself, you know, I'll be doing a, a random task and I'll say a, a quick prayer or I'll I'll just think something, but I'll say to myself, God, this, this, this. And I guess I'm wondering, is there a difference between... You know, we always say, you know, I have had a conversation with God or I, but like, what's the difference there? Mm-hmm. And is there a formality to it that needs to be addressed? Because sometimes I feel like that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm just driving in my car and I, I am being silent, but I'm thinking a prayer mm-hmm. and I'm addressing God that way, then I sometimes feel like, well, that's not right. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that's the case because I want to believe that I have that relationship with God, yeah. that I that I can do that. But then I also feel like 
be <laughs> I should be giving him more than that. Yeah. Well, when we see Paul writing in First Thessalonians five seventeen to pray continually, right. that's what we're talking about. When we see this praying without ceasing idea, um, obviously God doesn't mean for us to twenty four seven be physically on our knees. You know, and particularly if you're going to, you know, involve all of the formalities that can go along with prayer. Um, we don't want to. Um, we don't want to confuse that and think, right. oh, oh my gosh, I, I have to constantly be doing right. that. And I've talked to people over the years who have believed that. How How is it possible for us to be praying continually? And I would liken it to you know, my relationship with my wife. We might be together you know, around the house and doing different things. She's, you know, maybe she's uh, working on taxes and I'm doing dishes or whatever. See the, how I got the gender reversal right there. Um, but as, as we're going through all of these different things, we're still communicating. We're still talking. You right. Know, okay. You know, little things as we go along. You're not but sitting down necessarily and having like a really deep conversation. Right. But there's a place for that. Right. And if we're not at some point having those deeper right. conversations, those conscious connections, you know, people really emphasize date night these days, which is, I have my own opinions about that. I'm opposed to it as a as a mandatory thought for, for marriage. Forget thousands of years of history. But anyway, the the reality of all of that is we have to have those right. more, if right. we could say, formal times where sure. we're, we're setting aside time to consciously focus on this. That's important in a, in a marriage. It's important in, you know, as a, as a mommy, you can identify with this. You've got your son with you a lot of the time. My deep conversations with my son are not that great right now. But, but yeah, you have no, a conversation with him all the time. Right. You know, George, don't do that. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> is pretty much the gist of it. You get a lot of those things. Right. You know, hey, sweetie, you know, right, the little right, things. Right. Not changing his life, right. except for the fact that you're in communication. Connection, so that connection right, right, is right. changing okay. his life and yours. But at some point, you sit down, you read him a storybook. Right. You know, you... you Teach him to pray. You actively involve yourself in a focused conversation. Now, you don't do that while you're baking or whatever else, but the conversation doesn't end just because... So that's the dynamic with most relationships in our lives. Absolutely. And I think God gives us relationships in that format. I'm increasingly convinced, I've been convinced of this since, since probably high school, more and more every year that every single thing in the physical realm is has a spiritual antecedent. It is teaching us something about the spiritual realities. And so as we are looking at whether it's the, you know, the atoms or the cosmos in general, um, the, the way a wolf pack hunts, all of these things are object lessons about spiritual truths as we're working through which is why Jesus uses word pictures so often that's why we see in Psalm 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God God built into all of creation and all of our relationships an illustration of himself Uh, we call that general revelation and then we have specific revelation in scripture that puts flesh on that kind of brings it uh, to the fore and makes us aware of it. So that same kind of a thing, you know, as we look at these relationships, like you said, all of our relationships have these principles in them. Right. And the more intimate we are in the relationship, right. the more casual those like conversations. Like I would speak to my mother differently than I would maybe knew, you know. Right. But 
Yeah, so there's, you know, you and I can have a conversation right. at a, a certain level of friendship, a certain right. level of intimacy there. You and your mother can have a separate one. You and your sister can have a separate one. Right. But the, the closer we are, the, the, the more open and intimate that relationship is, the less we're worried about formality. And yet also, at the same time, the more important it is to have that conscious time together, mm -hmm. you're probably not spending a lot of time thinking about how you can go spend time with the neighbor down the street, right. whereas you do want to make sure you spend time with your mom. Right. You know, it, it, Those are just things that we do. So the same thing is true in our relationship with the Lord. The more intimate we are with him in our fellowship, our, our relationship as children hinges not on us and not on our faith as we talk about it, uh, hinges on our trusting in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. If we uh, believe that he died and rose again to take our sins away and we confess him as our Lord from the depths of our heart coming out of our mouths and showing up in our actions, then there's no question, according to Scripture, that we're saved because mm -hmm. that's not about us. It's about trusting God's word. But our fellowship, how we how we interact in that relationship that level of intimacy varies. It changes sure. a lot, just like it does in, in other relationships. And so our prayer life is going to be directly linked and I would say reflective, but also um, it's, it's sort of a, um, a two-way street. Our prayer life um, guides our intimacy and our intimacy guides our prayer life. So the closer we are walking in obedience with the Lord, which we'll see later on in, in Luke, uh, he alludes to that um, when somebody talks about how blessed his mother is, and he says, more blessed is the person who hears and obeys. Mm -hmm. But as we're um, seeing the relationship that we have with God, that fellowship, that closeness is going to deepen our prayer life. And as we deepen our prayer life, we pray more often, we force ourselves into more intimacy, then it's going to energize that life. And we do that, like I said, in, in other relationships. Right. I consciously, it's easy to just sit around, watch TV and click through channels and not pay attention to your kid. Right. But I consciously, because I love my child, I make a point of spending time with them. Even if the ball game's on, you're still going to make time. Even if, you know, you're watching... Aquaman's. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't laugh. Really with last week's uh, references. But, but you know, it, it doesn't matter if, you know, the new episode of This Is Us comes out or whatever. Mm. See, I get you. My child matters. Right. So I'm going to make a point, maybe not in this particular moment, but I'm going to make a point to not let them take a back seat. The same thing happens in our relationship with the Lord. The more I consciously direct myself into prayer, then the more natural it becomes well, and the more yeah. comfortable I come, become in the relationship. Because there comes a point where as you continue to grow that relationship, any relationship, it not saying you never do it consciously, but it becomes more of a, like you said, a natural thing that you don't have to think about it as much like, oh, I need to sit down and pray now. It's just something that you do because you're, you're feeling it. You, you want to. You want to keep that connection going. You want to continue to strengthen that relationship. So it's not something, you know, you pencil in your, your uh, planner every day, 545, I need to pray. Right. It's something that you want because you're craving that continued intimacy and that continued connection. Exactly. So that that craving, that choosing to desire God, which is, if anybody wants to check out a, a, a resource on that, John Piper's Desiring God uh, talks about his description of Christian hedonism, mm -hmm. which really threw me off when I first heard that term. But the idea is choosing to pursue my pleasure. Ultimately, if I'm going to choose to pursue my true pleasure, I'm going to be 
seeking it in God because that's the only place that satisfaction actually comes. So God's most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him. But uh, So Desiring God by John Piper. The point of that is I have to actually choose right. to desire that. I have to choose to crave God. I have to choose to see him as precious, to crave him, to cherish him, to treasure him. That's a mental discipline that has a heart implication. And the heart implication also then drives the mental discipline. So uh, then penciling in, I have to pray at 545, can become a meaningful discipline to help deepen that when I have that that heart craving that drives it. The heart craving is the important part, not doing it because I need to check another thing off my list. Yeah, I think the coupling of them. I think doing both things... Every relationship requires discipline, right. you know, and there there are rules. You know, I, I mentioned before, if, if you There's know... There's one rule. If I throw away <laughs> the rules of marriage, I'm not going to be married very long or very well. I don't, I don't do certain things because it's the rule. I don't not, you know, have an affair because I have a rule against having an affair. Right. I love my wife. I want desperately to... I want desperately to honor my wife to to have that intimacy and anything contrary to that doesn't fit but because that's what i want i follow those rules i'm not focused on the rules but the rules do still matter and and they become important i have to force myself at times to choose mentally uh it's probably a lot harder for her than it is for me but, but that's the the reality is all of us have to choose to value the person that we love because we're not always in love. That just isn't reality. Well, again, that's with any relationship. With any relationship. There are times when we may not like our kids in that moment. We still love our kids, but, you know, let's just be honest, sometimes (laughs) it's harder than others. (laughs) But we don't let it go just because we're not feeling it. And we live in a world where that's how we handle it. We handle everything's disposable. It is because it's too hard. Right. I, I don't feel this right now, and God clearly wants me happy. Right. Not a biblical concept at all. That's not God's goal. God's goal is His own glory and your ultimate good, which is to be connected with His glory. Right. So the happiness is the result. It's not the pursuit. It's not the goal. So as we're um, as we're approaching prayer, if we have that same mentality that we have with everything else oh, I'm not feeling it, therefore I don't do it, then that becomes a downward spiral. So we need the discipline of saying, right now, I don't feel like praying. That's a pretty good sign that I really need to pray. Lord, help me to want this. And, you know, I, I, I was talking in the sermon about um, the phrase, that kingdom come, or as Matthew kind of clarifies, that the kingdom come, that will be done. Mm-hmm. You can tell I memorized it in the King James. Um on earth as it is in heaven and that this whole element of prayer has to do with our being on god's agenda praying for his will ahead of our own and really it's a it's a picture of exactly what we see from jesus in the garden but but we need to be aware that jesus doesn't not pray for his desires well that's what that was actually submits his desires to god's desires. that was actually my next question and a question we had submitted um, you mentioned, I think, insinuated it on Sunday, that when we do pray, we are to pray, you know, maybe not necessarily for our, our earthly desires, or, but at the same time, that can be a little confusing because then what are we to pray for? And yeah, I, I may have been a little confusing in, in how I said it, and I, and I certainly would not want to do that. We want to bring clarity to God's word, not not 
cloud it up at all. Well, do it. So <laughs> the the idea behind it is that again, God already knows what's on our heart before we pray it. Right. So He doesn't need information from us. So when we pray, "Lord, Thy will be done," right. and we don't mean it, we're not fooling Him. And if we pray and we don't say those words and it's not, we mean right, it, right. then he still knows where our heart is. So the, the issue as Jesus is going through this is where we should be as a person in the relationship as it relates to prayer. So then <clears throat> if I have a headache, it's not sinful for me to say, Lord, please take this headache away. Right. Even though that's an earthly thing, it's a temporary thing, I'm going to die and go to heaven and I won't ever have a headache again. Right. So I could be very spiritual and say, I don't Lord, let me keep this headache. I don't need it because for thousands and thousands of years, I will not have a headache in your presence. Except for God knows I don't want that headache. Right. So if I pretend that that doesn't matter, you know, then who am I fooling? Right. So it's right and good for us to pray for the things, the desires of our heart, just as Jesus did. In fact, we have a a story in the scripture where, you know, and obviously he had purposes to what he does. But, you know, he goes to get figs from a tree. There's no figs. He curses the tree. May no one ever have figs from you again. Lots of different takes on it. It's kind of an obscure story. But Jesus wanted figs. I mean, that's something you can't really get away from, right? So when we're hungry, we eat. When we're, when we're lonely, we seek company. The same thing is true in prayer as we're dealing with, um, with the Lord. Why would we, if we have an intimate relationship with him, why would we try to hide from him our desires? Right. If he calls us, uh, <clears throat> as, as you know, Paul describes in Romans, if he calls us to this Abba Father, this Papa relationship, where really what he wants from us is not information. He's got that. But he wants us to crawl into his lap and say, Daddy, I'm yours. I, I, you know, I have needs. I have wants. I love you. And I know that you're the source of these things. He wants us to own our dependence on him that it's really not about whether we have the right words, if we have more spiritually sounding words, if, if we try to um, you know, never ever pray for our own personal stuff. And I know right. people who, who have taught that or thought that over the years. That's the wrong concept. We're getting away again from what he's talking about here. We need to remember always that it rests on the relationship, not on the ritual. And so if we pray the wrong thing or the wrong way, we don't say the right words or things don't come out right. God's not looking to trip us up and catch us. He understands. He wants the state of our heart to be right that shows up then in our actions so that the things that we say are reflections of what are already in our hearts. So in essence, um, is there, if we're going to put a put a button on this, if that's even possible, if, if it's in our hearts what we're really putting out there. Is there a wrong way to pray? There is a wrong way to pray, but... If it's what's truly it's, in you. It, it, right. So if I approach God disrespectfully, right. if I approach God right. without a worshipful attitude, and then that's really the focus here. Right. So if I don't say, our Father who art in heaven, right. if I don't right. say, you know, kids will, will naturally fall into a ritual all the right. time, right. you know, um, dear God, you right. know, that that's pretty common thing and uh we'll say things a certain way and follow a certain pattern the pattern isn't the point right the person is the point so if the if our focus is on the person of god in holy reverence to him in personal personal intimacy with him 
in a total grateful dependence on him, then the rest will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but that's really what Jesus is saying here. Let's not get hung up on all of the other stuff. Let's not get wordy. Let's not try to impress anybody else. Let's just focus on being real with God. Not greedy, not um, not performance-oriented, just real. And that's ultimately what, what we're trying to, to do with our faith is to align our thinking with reality. Sounds like a podcast slogan. There you go. <laughs> I think we'll leave it with that for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to... Uh, if you'd want to interact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. The super cool podcast <laughs> mug. These aren't available. Yet. I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> that tripped we me up. We should get mugs should... and give them out to people who email questions to you. Well, then everyone's just going to email questions there and we're going to have lots of mugs to give out. All right. I'm game. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can email us at something real at uh, reallifeonline.org if you do have any questions or comments about what we're talking about or if you listen to uh, the sermon podcast and you have a question that you want discussed we're happy to do that if you have the anchor app you can leave a voicemail which i always think would be really cool uh so feel free to do that as well uh otherwise we will be back on friday with a little teaser episode for next week's sermon super so thank you guys for listening